I was thinking about the question of God's will. So yesterday I talked about seeds and planting the seeds of God's vision for you into your heart and believing for them. So those seeds represent the will of God, what God wants for you. But I have a question. How do you know what God's will is? How do you know that this vision, this, this goal, how do you know if this is God's will? I've had people ask me, if, if God is so good, then why do bad things happen to people? Why do we look around and see so many bad things happening if God is so good? Have you been asked that question? I'm sure we all have. If you've had any experience, in fact, some of you may have had things happen in your own families, in your own life, where you say, God, why did this thing happen? And we want to find an answer for it. We want to find a reason. So, what is God's will and how do we find it? When we ask the question, why do bad things happen? People automatically come to the question of, isn't God in control? In fact, people have said, well, everything happens for a reason. Have you heard that? Have people said that to you? Well, everything happens for a reason. I am going to disagree with that, and I'm going to change it for you, okay? Stick with me. If you think that everything happens for a reason, everything in your life, including the bad things, happen for a reason, then we look for a place to blame. We say, if there is a reason, who caused it? Who caused it? Or even, who allowed it? So we find ourselves in this place of we say, I want to trust God. I believe that he's good. But what about the bad things? So I want to tackle this tough question. Let's go back all the way to the beginning at the Garden of Eden. How did God create the Garden of Eden? Was it with problems or was it perfect? Obviously, the answer is it was perfect. In fact, if we look at how he created it, let's just think of this. If you can uh, uh, sort of imagine the, the best experience you've ever had, the most beautiful garden you've ever been in, you, you, uh, you weren't hungry, you weren't afraid, nothing was chasing you, you had more than enough. In fact, it's like sitting at Mama Jemina's table. There's more than enough to go around. You can get full and there's more. So if you think of the Garden of Eden as abundance, beauty, joy, peace, love, everything is perfect. That is a description of God's will. He created it according to how he is. See, if bad things could come from God, that means that sin could also come from God. So did God cause anything bad to happen to Adam and Eve? Did he cause it? No, he did not. In fact, he warned them about it. He gave them his word. His word was to protect them. He said, I have given you all of this provision. Now stay away from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He told them, if you eat of it, you will surely die. Now, 
When God gives us his word, he expects us to believe it. That is where the change happens. That is where the shift happens. Adam and Eve said, hmm, maybe we'll believe what the serpent said instead of God. The serpent questioned and said, has God really said? Has he really said this? The serpent questioned the goodness of God, and that was the first choice that Adam and Eve had to make. Well, we question the goodness of God. So why did they sin? They looked at the, the offering of what the serpent said. You will be made as gods. You will have the knowledge of good and evil. You will become better than you are. So the enemy tries to bring in things that will entice us to look at things in a, in a, a way that improves ourselves. We say, well, I can become better through this thing. But if we take it back to the Garden of Eden and we look at how God provided, he provided more than enough. In fact, they did, know, they did not uh, know this, but they were already like God. He had created them in his image and in his likeness. After they sinned, they were naked, alone, ashamed, afraid. All of the goodness, if you look at even just the bright colors and the joy we see around us, all of it turned to gray, turned to darkness, turned to fear. Everything that they had looked at for peace became uh, a, a terror in their lives. And they said, what happened to us? I thought we would become better through this. And they hid from God because now they knew I have done something against the one who has created me. Have you ever hidden from God? Or at least tried to hide from God? Now we know we cannot hide from him because he can see everywhere. He knows us, but he does not condemn us for our sins. He pulls us out of our sins. He forgives us of our sins. See, when I have thought of the garden, I have said, why did Adam and Eve have to leave? Why didn't God just let them stay? Could he not have let them stay in the garden? But see, he, he had them leave the garden so that he could save them. If he would have left them in the garden, they would have been eating of the tree of life in terror and in being uh, uh, afraid, in sin, not being able to redeem themselves. They would have been in the worst situation of their lives, and they could not have gotten out of it. See, God took them from the garden, and he, he, he knew that the sin that they had committed had separated their spirits from him. Their spirits had died, been separated from him, and he said, I will redeem I will restore what I created in the garden. See, he believed in it so much, he paid it himself. He said, I will become as one of them, and I will pay the price. I, God, the one who created all of this, will be, uh, become as one of them. Because, see, he was perfect. There was only one way to restore them. It was if his son, see I say God became as one of us through his son, Jesus. Jesus is the only way to restore the purity and the perfection of the garden. 
Remember the garden. Always remember the garden. See, Jesus had to become a human. God could not restore humanity as a spirit alone. In 1 Corinthians 15.45, it says, And so it is written, The first Adam became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. See, Jesus, through becoming a human, had to join the humanity and the spirituality of humans. He had to say, I will become the first God-man. The first one that says, that, that takes the humanity of us and joins it with the Spirit of God. That is how the perfection of the garden happens. And it happens in everyone who will believe. When I look at the, the, the verse in John 10.10, 10, it describes to us the thief, and it describes what Jesus came for. It says, The thief does not come except to steal, and to kill, and to destroy. I have come that they, have, that they may have life, and that they may have it more abundantly. Does that sound like the garden to you? I have come that they may have life, and life more abundantly, more than enough. See, I could go on verse after verse after verse, describing to you the will of God. The will of God, we can find it if we look in the Word. It's when we take that, the, the Word of God, each verse, and we apply it to our lives, and we say, well, this isn't happening. Why is this not happening? I'll give you an example. 2 Peter 3.9, I'm not going to quote the whole thing, but it says at the end, He is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And yet every day people die in their sins. Is that the will of God? The will of God is that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And yet every day people perish. And we say, well, how is this bad thing happening? It comes down to a choice. Every one of us has a choice. And we have choices all throughout the day. And this comes back to the message of the seeds. You have a choice what you will do with it. Whether you will believe by faith or you will reject the word of God. Every verse that we have, we have a choice. Will I accept it and believe it? Or will I reject it? See, he gives us his word, like I said. And he expects us to believe it. Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. When we believe God, we see it germinate as a seed in the soil of our heart, and it begins to grow. But it begins first with belief. It begins with us agreeing with the Word of God. See, people believe that God is in control. And I know that raises a lot of questions where you say, well, okay, if God is not in control, does that mean he is out of control? <laughs> No, he is not out of control. In fact, he is in charge, and he is very much in control of his laws. He is very much in control of his kingdom. Everything that happens in the kingdom of God happens on the basis of authority. Authority. God has supreme and ultimate authority, and with that, yes, he is in control. See, when I think of power versus authority, if you would stand in the street, and you would just stand there and try to stop a bus. Could, could your body stop that bus? Don't try it. 
<laughs> it's not a good idea. It will not stop the bus. But if you would have a police uniform and you would stand there and you would do this, could you stop that bus? Absolutely, because you have authority. See, the, it is the authority of the kingdom that gives us the power to do the things according to the will of God. God gave authority to Adam and Eve. And then Adam gave that authority to Satan through sin. When he agreed with Satan, he gave his authority as a human to the devil. Jesus had to become a human and he bought that authority back with his blood. When he died, he, he gave himself on the cross. No man took his life. He gave his life freely. And when he did that, he went to the pit of hell and he grabbed the keys of hell and of death and he said, I'll take these. These are mine. I paid for them with my blood. No more, Satan, do you have authority over the lives of humans. Every person that believes in the keys that Jesus took, the authority that Jesus took, every person that believes in that can be saved. Believe in the authority that Jesus bought for you with his blood and you are given that same authority. He said, behold, I give you authority. This is Luke 10.19. I don't even have this in my notes. Luke 10.19. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. How does that sound for authority? How does that sound for the, the will of God, the kingdom of God at work in your life? See, you can stand on a verse like that. You can believe for it. There was a time where I had, I got sick with food poisoning. Has anyone gotten food poisoning? Okay. So I woke up in the middle of the night and my stomach was rumbling. It did not feel good. And he said, use the authority that I've given to you. Speak to it. And I said, what do I say? And these words, Holy Spirit brought this to my mind. Food, you are good for me. You are good to me. So I spoke that out. Food, you are good for me. You are good to me. And then he said, toxins, I cancel your assignment on me now in Jesus. So I said those words. And it was like someone deflated a balloon in my stomach. I sat there. Thank you, Jesus. Yay. And I, I went back to bed. When I woke up in the morning, I thought, I wonder how I'm going to feel. But I woke up, I sat up, and my stomach growled. And so I thought, I'm going to go test it. I went and ate a big breakfast, eggs and bacon and stuff. It, orange juice and coffee. It was gone. By authority. Not by effort. I didn't struggle to do that. I listened when Holy Spirit told me. I spoke what he said. And the authority canceled the assignment of the enemy. All of us have this authority if we're willing to believe for it. Now, I will say this. Give yourself a chance. Give yourself a chance to fail. It's okay. He's not afraid of it. If you, if you try things, you say, Lord, I want to I know how to walk in your authority. What is your will for me? So many times, and this has happened to me. I've done this as well. I've said, God, I know what your will is, and I'm going to go after this. And so I just try something. He said, Allow me to inspire the words that come out of your mouth. Because when the words come out of your mouth are just yours, they are not combined with the power of the Spirit. 
So allow me to speak through you. So rest in his presence. Stay in his presence and say, Lord, I am at rest in you. Give me the words that align with your will and he will bring his will to pass in your life. See, when, when Jesus bought this back, he brought back the pattern of the garden. In the garden, there was perfect health. The tree of life, perfect health. There was abundant provision. There was trees and plants that would just continue to produce. It's like around here, you guys just have harvest season after harvest season because it, it just produces. There was perfect relationships. He gave Adam and Eve to each other. And God himself walked with them every day. There was work and responsibility. It was their job to cultivate and to tend the garden. See, they had a job to do. That was part of the joy of life. And then there was a day of rest where they could rest in the presence of the Lord. They could rest in the fruit of their labors. They could rest in the peace of the garden. See, this is all part of God's will. Jesus said it in the Lord's Prayer. In Matthew 6.10, I won't read the whole prayer. I'm sure we're familiar with it. But he said, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So if there is any sickness on earth, is that God's will? No. It's easy. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Is there sickness in heaven? Well, of course not. So we look at that and we say, God, I see sickness on earth. Why? What's the reason? Can I find a reason in it? I will tell you this, he will not bring the bad things to you, but he will be in the bad things with you, and he will bring you out of them more quickly than if you would not have him. Trust him with the process. When bad things happen, he, he doesn't always just eject us out. Sometimes he will, he will take us through this process to bring us closer to him. He does not give us the bad things, but he's not afraid of them. See, he wants us to know that when, though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil, for he is with us. His rod and his staff, they comfort us. When the valley of the shadow of evil comes upon us, like when we, we, we realize we're there, we say, I will fear no evil. I will walk through it. Even though I look around me and I see danger, I see something to be afraid of, I will walk through it. Not cocky and self-confident, and I've got this, but we will say, Lord, I look to you and I refuse to look to the surroundings, the circumstances, and I look to you and I say, Lord, I take each step in confidence with you. I trust you. I trust you. And he will, when you see in front of you, you say, there's nothing to step on. It's, it's a cliff. I, there's nothing but fog. And I go to step on it and there's a rock there that I didn't know was there. Sometimes we don't know what's in front of us, but he asks us to take a step. He asks us to believe his will in our lives. Matthew 19.26 says, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. And then in Mark 9.23 it says, If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. See, these are promises you can stand on. Take them to the word. Take them to the Lord. Take his word to him and say, Lord, you said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Help me to believe. Take the seeds. I'll come back to this again. Take the seeds of his will for you. The, the, the garden in your life. What does it look like? When you say, God, 
I want restoration. This thing that has happened is not your perfection. I want this restored. Help me. And we surrender to him. We open up our hearts to believe, even when we can't see the way through. And we say, Lord, I put all of my confidence in you. I trust you. Get used to saying the words, I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. When you find yourself in a situation, instead of looking around and running against the walls, trying to find a way out, the first thing you should do, stop and say, Lord, I'm asking you for a rhema word. Give me a rhema word. Give me a word from the word. And you open your Bible and you say, show me. And he will lead you. I promise you, if you're willing to be in surrender to him, listen. God's will will begin to be active in your life. Mm -hmm.